there is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to change the station. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will bring it to a whisper. For the next hour, sit quietly and we shall control all that you hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. And now, it's time for the radio show that covers just about every topic. Because variety is the spice of life. From the arcane and unusual to current events and practical tips. Because if it's interesting, they'll be talking about it. And now, here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Thank you, Harley. We appreciate that very much. I'm Bill Mencaro. I'm Allison Mencaro, and And thank you, Harley. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, captain of our ship, that's for sure. 9.09 in the morning on Saturday. Glad to have you with us. And we are beginning the show, as we always do, with a verse from the Bible. And this is from Romans chapter 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And what have we got this morning, Allison? What are we going to do on the show? Oh, we've got the real news behind the fake news, news of the weird. And lots more, and of course, always laughing. Laughing. Speaking <laughs> of laughing, uh, I heard a, a, a re- <laughs> I heard a funny joke the other day. Uh, and I usually don't just tell jokes. Uh, yeah, yes, you, you know, do. Because you tell, I, you no, tell basically, jokes all the, I am. A you joke. tell jokes all the time. Well, not scripted jokes, but this is sort of a scripted <laughs> joke. Uh, this nine-year-old girl is in uh, is in her class uh, with the teacher, and. The teacher's talking about uh, whales and a lesson on whales, and she says, uh, she says, well, teacher, uh, Jonah was swallowed by a whale. And the teacher says, oh, that's just a myth. The throat of a whale is much too small to swallow a person. And the little girl says, well, when I get to heaven, I'll ask him. And the teacher says, well, what if Jonah went to hell? The girl says, well, then you can ask him. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love that too. I love that too. What do you got, Allison? Well, okay. This is this is a, a a breaking story. A in California, a half black man has been ordered to pay himself reparations, and he's he's half black. Yeah, that would be a problem. Yeah, you, since, you pay reparations yourself. Since half of his uh, ancestors were oppressed, and the other half were the oppressors, he has to pay himself. And he said, well, wait. So he got a letter from the governor of California informing him that he owed himself over $25,000. <laughs> and he said, okay. So he he had to go down to the bank and order a transfer to himself. Uh-huh. And he was a little short of the total, so he had to, so he had to make it, pay it in installments. Installments, borrow it from the bank. <laughs> Sending himself several payments totaling $25,000. The amount he owes himself for his ancestors oppressing his other ancestors. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, that's what that's what 
That's what it would be. That's uh, well. Actually, I have some real news now for you. Uh, a Democrat state representative in Pennsylvania has released legislation to all House members. Okay, in other words, he's he's uh, written a bill to the Pennsylvania House that. Uh, would force men to undergo vasectomies within six weeks from having their third child or their 40th birthday, whichever comes first. This is not a joke. This is a true story? True true story. I'm wow. That, I'm just, that sounds like it's from the Babylon Bee. I know it does, doesn't it? No, his, wow. uh, his name is uh, Representative Christopher M. Rabb, R-A-B-B. Wow. And uh, so men would have to be, uh, get a vasectomy within six weeks from having their third child or their 40th birthday. And... Citizens will get a $10,000 reward if they snitch uh, to the state government on people who have not done that. That's a, well, what, what, what if it's a man who has a lot of money and, and can take care of lots of kids? It's not, there's no exception for that, as far no. as I know. I haven't read the bill, but well, the news story doesn't say that. That, that is really amazing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all this whole virus stuff that we've been dealing with for years, uh, abortion course the goal is population control I mean, they want to get i've read it in some places they want to get down to, uh some people some groups want to get to get the world population down to something like 500 million i mean it's just absolutely demonic uh but it's what china practices you know china's for years had a right. two two child limit oh, i thought it was one is it one child okay. i believe it was yeah. one although i think they might relax that but for years it I believe it was one. And notice where COVID came out of China. Yeah, it's exactly. all about population control exactly. and and control exactly. of people. Uh, you know, worldwide control of people. Well, and like you and I were just discussing the other night, what what is with this? Um, uh, <laughs> what do you call what they're doing with the, the virus? What's the term? Oh, gain of function. Get gain of function. Why why are we doing that? Why are we spending our tax dollars? to make viruses deadly that's what and that's most people don't know or a lot of people don't know what gain of function research is i i I didn't know until this whole covid thing of course nobody really knew except for scientists but it it's it's a deliberate attempt to make viruses that are not harmful to people like you know they're harmful to bats or pigs or something into viruses that are harmful to people now why would you do that and why would we fund taxpayers fund that research which we did in china Right. Uh, right. In fact, uh, the uh, director of uh, National Institutes of Health, Dr. Francis Collins, resigned because he was caught in the lie of saying, no, we never func- uh, we never uh, funded gain-of-function research. Uh, and he was caught in a lie, and he had to resign. Uh, so, you know, they're lying to us. They're lying to us. You know, there's either conspiracy or our government leaders are that stupid. And I don't know which is worse. <laughs> really don't really? know which is worse. 914 <laughs> uh, Saturday morning. There's another item I thought you'd find of interest. You know, all week I go through these news items and uh, pick out the ones that I think our audience would be most interested in. Uh, the CEO of Gallup, the polling mm-hmm. people, right, have said that they Gall- have calculated Gallup polls. Gallup polls have calculated that roughly 42 million people uh, in uh, Mexico and Central and South America want to migrate into the United States. Forty. Two wow. million. Wow. Uh, they uh, 
They've got, uh, they said that uh, four, 4 million young Americans turn 18 each year and begin looking for jobs, careers, spouses, homes, and families. Yet the federal government imports roughly 1 million, and the, the figure's higher now, uh, illegal immigrants per year, each of whom compete for the jobs and housing sought by Americans. So it's 4 million young Americans looking for jobs and, and careers and homes, etc. Yet our government, with our tax money again, imports roughly 1 million legal immigrants per year competing for those jobs and, and homes, and et cetera. Well, I, I don't object to immigrants coming here legally. Legally. I mean, if they, exactly. if they, if they follow the legal, legal process. My grandparents came here. Well, legally. sure. Pr- probably most of our grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ex- except on my Indian side of the family. <laughs> That's true. You're, you're they, Chickasaw. You're I'm, Chickasaw I'm, I'm Chickasaw Indian. Yeah. Well, partly. <laughs> But, uh, Anybody who's ever seen me would find that hard to believe. That's true. That's true. Uh, the uh, oh, uh, apparently too. Speaking of this uh, immigration thing, the Democrats. There's been a email that has been exposed. You know, private emails uh, between uh, Democrat strategists, and they were told. Never mention jobs and wages when you're trying to sell amnesty for illegals to the voters. Of course not. No. Of course not. It's uh, the quote Be- here from they, the, Because they take jobs away from... Yeah. So the quote here from the uh, strategist, that's not a helpful framework. Our, mess, our best message is family separation. Oh, um, you're separating families by not allowing illegal immigration. Wow. So, yeah. so it's, you know, follow the money. No matter where, what it is, no matter what the issue is, look for what is, who's benefiting from this issue financially and, and for power, exactly. power and money. Exactly. Always look for that. 917 on a Saturday morning. We're glad to have you with us on the Bill and Allison and Carol show. And we've got, uh, oh, here's. Did, did, didn't you want to tell some, some political stories? I had a couple of political stories. Uh, you know, every year they, uh, the government raises the debt ceiling, and uh, the, actually, I don't know if you knew this, Allison. The debt ceiling. Uh, this all started in World War One, raising the debt ceiling, uh, because it was uh, we had to issue a lot of bonds. The United States issued a lot of bonds in that illegitimate war, and the rather than uh, going through the, the difficult process of uh, of increasing the debt, or they were hitting the debt ceiling. They allowed, uh, Congress voted to allow itself to raise the debt ceiling. I didn't realize it started that long ago. It did. did. So every few years, the government has to raise the debt ceiling because they're spending more money than they're taking in. Now, you try that as a family and see how far (laughs) you get. Uh, But the government doesn't care. They just tax more more people and raise your taxes. Uh, But every few years, they raise the debt ceiling. I was thinking about it. That would be like if sewage started filling your house up, would you pump it out or would you raise the ceiling <laughs> think about that uh, Nine nineteen on a saturday morning thanks for joining bill and allison and carol on hill country patriot well i i mentioned um bill having political stories bill has has a delightful story about uh ronald reagan do you want to tell that well actually i have several stories about i used to work for uh president reagan and uh one day before he was president, uh, I was uh, at the Republican National Convention, and I was in charge of all volunteers for Ronald Reagan at the Republican National Convention. So I was in what they call the trailer, which is uh, the headquarters of each candidate uh, 
has a trailer out in the parking lot, basically. And uh, it's a, you know, nice trailer, but it is a trailer. It's where the staff works out of, whatever, uh, outside of the uh, convention center itself. So one afternoon, I'm sitting there, and I'm the only one in the uh, in the trailer except for my uh, girlfriend. And uh, it was, That was not me. No, that wasn't you. <laughs> Although I was at the same convention. You were, but I didn't know you. We, we hadn't met. That's we hadn't right. met yet. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I've got my feet up on the uh, table, and I'm watching TV coverage of the convention in the afternoon, and uh, they show Ronald Reagan uh, uh, arriving and in his limo, and uh, there's people all around him cheering and up, and he gets out, and uh, he and Nancy... Uh, walk to this trailer, and I'm still <laughs> clueless about this. I'm sitting there watching it, and they open the door, and all of a sudden behind me, the light, the door opens, and the light comes in at that very moment. Uh, and of course, it was uh, it was Ronald Reagan and Nancy, and uh, and me being shocked. And I introduced him to my girlfriend, which was the highlight of her life up to that point. I think it was a pretty cool thing. So we uh, that was one one story with Reagan. I'll save some other stories for later on, but. Uh, I, I love that story. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Uh, Allison, you've got, uh, I know you've got one you've been thinking about. Are you willing to, to reveal what, uh, <laughs> what you know, some inside scoop from Washington? Well, I, I, I have a couple of stories. One, and I'm not going to name names, and this, this happened quite a few years ago, um, but there was a Republican vice president who was having an affair with his secretary. And uh, it was very well known. How do you know about it? Because I was I was told by someone very close to that vice president. Okay. <laughs> um, but but it was very well known, and the, the press knew all about it. But uh, unlike today, if any politician you know makes the slightest um, mistake, uh, it's going to be reported. But was, was but, he a Republican or a Democrat? He was a re- Republican. So they were actually covering for a Republican that back right, then. Right, right. Oh. It, it was just a, a more polite society back then. I, I, I think it's maybe the, maybe the way to word it. Yeah. But uh, well, and, and another thing, while you know, while we're talking about politicians, um, we usually make fun of Democrats, and deservedly so. But um, but I have a very nice story. Um, about a Democrat, and um, probably uh, a lot of people in our listening audience are familiar with Henry Cisneros. Um, former former mayor of San Antonio? Yeah, he was mayor of San Antonio from 81 to 89, um, and uh, Bill Clinton appointed him secretary of, uh, of HUD. Housing and Urban Development. Housing and Urban Development, a position that he held from 93 to 97, and today he is still active in San Antonio with um, housing projects. Um, so I, I, I was on a flight coming into San Antonio. And uh, I was alone, as I often am when I'm flying. And I was carrying uh, my, laptop, my, my carry-on bag, which is un- unlike some people who carry these humongous, you know, 40-pound bags. Mine is very lightweight. You know, I just have my laptop and chargers and that sort of thing, reading material. Um, but I was coming to my, to, my, to my seat, getting ready to put my bag up, and um, this gentleman jumped up and took my bag and put it up in, in the overhead, and it was Henry Cisneros. Well, 
very nice of him. I thought it was very, very nice. And and, and the funny thing was, I don't think anybody else on the plane or around us recognized him, but I, I did. I mean, he looked, believe it or not, he looked exactly like he did in the 80s and the 90s. Um, very good-looking man. And uh, I, I stuttered and stumbled and said, thank you. And I, was, I think I said, thank, thank you, Congressman. Yeah, he's <laughs> never been a governor. Because I couldn't, couldn't remember what his, what his titles had been. Well, it's all right. That's all right. Good. It's 924 on a Saturday morning. We've got lots more coming up. We've got an exclusive interview coming up. Uh, and you've got, uh, you've got your bump music coming up. <laughs> I think. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. After the break, we have an exclusive interview with a very fascinating man who has a revolutionary invention. We're Bill and Allison Mencaro on Hill Country Patriot. Dot com. And we're sometimes wrong, but we're always right. <laughs> and we're 104 point, 104.3 and 102.1. Texas, oh Texas, Emblem of freedom, it sets our hearts aglow With thoughts of San Jacinto and glorious Alamo God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong That you may grow in power and work throughout the ages long God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong That you may grow in power and work throughout the ages long One hundred years ago, horses and oxen were fed from the land, and they provided the power to work the land and some manure to help the crops grow. Farms were self-sustaining, and today we have the privilege of talking with a visionary inventor, Jay Schmucker, who's working to bring farming back to being self-sustaining, only this time not with horses and oxen, but with the sun and with water. Uh, Jay, want to... Thank you for joining us on uh, on our program today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we, we, uh, Bill and I were privileged to be at Jay's uh, facility just a couple of weeks ago in Iowa. Oh, he showed us around. It was extremely impressive, um, and we'll we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, before we uh, begin to ask you to explain it, uh, you have a fascinating background. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I graduated from college in 1957, and uh, and I went to work for Caltech's Jet Propulsion Lab. We were working for the Army, and uh, I was busy design. I was assigned to design design ground equipment for a rocket missile system that was being designed to travel 80 to 100 miles, and that was uh, in July when I started. Uh, in October, Sputnik was launched, and um, and the government decided, after investigating what we were doing at JPL, that JPL would become part of NASA, which was formed a year later. So one year I was designing ground equipment for a missile system. The next year I was doing configuration studies for planetary spacecraft, and um, we we did 
started to design a Mariner spacecraft designed to go to Venus in 1962, but the but the second stage rocket that was being designed slipped and slipped and slipped. So they canceled the project that we were working on, and we had a year to take existing parts from a lunar uh, spacecraft that was designed and adapt it to be flown to Venus. And I was fortunate enough to be assigned to be responsible for assembly of that spacecraft. So I was uh, down in Florida in August of 1962 and responsible for the buildup of the spacecraft, which was successfully launched and flew by, uh, flew by Venus uh, the 12th of December, 1962. Unfortunately, 50 years later, when they were going to celebrate that event, that was the same day that there was the, uh, the, the, the shootings in Connecticut that, that killed all the kids in, mm-hmm. in grade school. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that, was, that was a headline event that day. That's, mm-hmm. oh, that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a, a fascinating background, and uh, I do want to get to the, uh, the project that you have now, uh, the world's first hydrogen renewable hydrogen and ammonia fueled uh, tractor and the facility to produce that in in Iowa as, as uh, Alice has said we we just visited there a couple of weeks ago and uh, you you were honored us by giving a, a tour of it um, hydrogen and ammonia obviously to power the tractor ammonia to fertilize corn and cropland something that's never been done before would you mind explaining the technology in in layman's terms uh. Yes, <laughs> let, let me let me back back up a bit and say why I did it. Yes, please, please do. That my dad, who was in television in uh, Phoenix, was an advocate for for using hydrogen to replace fossil fuels. He was a strong believer for well in the early two thousands, and and it turns out that after he died, I decided to install on the farm where he grew up here in Iowa a system that would make hydrogen from solar panels. So I, in working through that, I, I tried to find a tractor that would run on hydrogen, tried to find a fuel cell power tractor that took hydrogen and converted the, it in with oxygen into electricity, but uh, couldn't find one. So I ended up finding a gentleman here in Iowa who used modified uh, engines to run propane and, and hydrogen, um, and he agreed that he would modify a, an engine, uh, put it in a tractor at, that would run on hydrogen, and then he also said later that, well, when we ran out of fuel uh, out in the field, we could have a, a backup uh, a tank of ammonia and that ammonia then would aid in getting us back to where we could refuel the tractor. So uh, after a, about uh, three or four years of waiting for him to deliver the tractor, we did get a tractor that runs on hydrogen and also runs on a combination of hydrogen and ammonia. So that, that's what, that's what we, we uh, have been working on. Uh, more recently, we've, we've worked on improving the injection and control system. And what we have is a V8 engine. It's a, it's a Ford 460 block that has been bored out. 
and it's a 13 and a half to one compression ratio. It has eight spark plugs and eight fuel injectors to inject the hydrogen directly into the cylinders. And we're just completing a modification where we are injecting liquid ammonium in the air intake. And then that liquid ammonia together with the hydrogen is what fuels the tractor. There are no carbon emissions from the exhaust. Two or three years of working with the hydrogen I decided that I would also go ahead and try to, and make ammonia on the farm. So what we do is we take air and run it through a, a special device that separates the oxygen from the nitrogen. Then we mix the nitrogen with hydrogen, heat it, run it through a catalyst, and that makes the demonstration amounts of ammonia that we use. And that ammonia, as you said, can either be used to fertilize the corn cropland or as fuel in the tractor. What you, you referred to a tractor, and f- farmers um, know know what you're talking about. But uh, most of our listeners are use tractors for for mowing their fields, and they're a, fra- a fraction of the size of your tractor. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, so when we were there, Bill said, "Make sure you take a picture of the tractor." And the the tractor was was in its barn, and I really could not get. We have a brochure with a picture of it, but I could, I could, I mean, the thing is so huge, I could not get a picture of it. So actually, I have, I probably have like ten pictures, you know, from different angles. So, so people who are not farmers don't understand. How big this tractor is so maybe you, you could it's large it's large okay it's it's a john deere 7810 tractor it's a used tractor and it uh has big dual wheels on the back and and big wheels on the front the, the guy that farms the land when i started this i asked him how big a tractor did he want to have because because i wanted a tractor that could be used in the fields rather than one that rather than one that we drive around in parades <laughs> and he said he wanted a tractor that had a 150 horsepower engine in it. So that's what we've ended up with. Um, and and the tractor has a th- it has an enclosed cab. Uh, when I was driving tractors years ago, you'd sit out and open, but this one is air conditioned. <laughs> and and above the above the air conditioned cab, we have a structure that supports four 10 foot long by 21 inch diameter tanks that hold the the hydrogen. These incidentally are the same kinds of tanks that they use in in, uh, personnel buses that run on compressed natural gas. You'll notice above where all the people are sitting in the bus, quite often there's a a fairing up on top of the roof that hides the, the compressed gas tanks. These are the same gas tanks that are used, compressed tanks, that are used on buses. Now, I do have to ask you, Jay, uh, and uh, we're talking with Jay Schmucker. Uh, his uh, website, by the way, is www.solarhydrogensystem.com, and uh, he is developing the first solar-generated dual-fueled farm vehicles. Uh, 
Now, when people think of hydrogen, though, they think of uh, explosions and, and danger. Bombs. Uh, hydrogen bombs. <laughs> hydrogen bombs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the H word is either hydrogen bomb or the Hindenburg. The Hindenburg, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so, so how, how are you going to, to handle that fear? Well, it turns out that, that if you're careful around hydrogen, uh, it, it's, it's not bad to be with because it's the lightest element it is. So if there's a leak, and hydrogen leaks a lot because it's a very small uh, molecule, um, it, it, hydrogen rises quickly. So, so if you have a leak, it rises. So you don't want to have hydrogen contained in a room. What you want to do is have a lot of vents in the room, and and if it escapes, it'll quickly rise. So so, it, uh, so a bit of caution, but but it's not it, it, it is it's probably not as dangerous in an overall sense as gasoline is. Hmm. You know, pe people mess around with gasoline, and you hear of fires and so forth, but sure. but if you're careful around hydrogen. Uh, uh, we haven't had any uh, problems at all. And of course, if you're on a tractor out in a field and the, uh, the hydrogen tank is above you, if there's a leak, it just goes right up into the atmosphere, I would assume. That's right. Right. Okay. Unfortunately, you can't smell the, uh, the hydrogen. Uh, the, the ammonia turns out if there's a leak with ammonia, uh, you can smell it. You, it uh, you can smell five parts per million of ammonia in the air. And it read and it, and the, the the story is that it doesn't cause uh, uh, problems to personnel until it gets up to fifty parts per million. Jay, what have been some of the challenges in developing this uh, technology? Well, <laughs> the first the first time you do anything, it, it, it takes a lot longer and a lot more expensive than you guess. Uh, and we and we sort of done everything about two and sometimes three times. The, the, the nitrogen generator, we're on our third nitrogen generator. As I say, we're modifying the tractor ignition and control system to improve the horsepower output. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of doing it once the first time. And then, uh, then you, you learn from that and you, Say okay, well, let's do it this way. One of <laughs> one of the things that I found in, in working on spacecraft is that you 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 kind of do it the first time, and then once once you you've got 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 the first one done, then you can make improvements on later ones that are designed to build. Okay, and again, we're talking with Jay Schmucker, uh, who is developing the first. World's first renewable hydrogen and ammonia-fueled uh, farm equipment, tractor particularly, fueling from just the sun and the water, hydrogen and ammonia to power the tractor, ammonia to fertilize the corn cropland, something that's never been done before. We've only got a few minutes, Jay. I did want to ask you, uh, how do you get this accepted uh, in, in industry and with the government? My, my objective in doing all of this has been to make people, especially farmers, when I started aware that eventually we're going to consume fossil fuel and it's going to be going to be depleted and become more expensive. I, I'm basically trying to, to make people aware that there are other solutions. One of the outcomes has been that we, I got a, we got a contact from a gentleman in 
in uh, California last year who is in the financial business and he wants to build, make ammonia so that it could be made in Africa so the, the people in Africa that farm their land have the ability to apply fertilizer so their crops will be better than they are now. So we're involved in supporting him and doing the preliminary design of an ammonia generator that will make uh, on the order of a thousand pounds of, uh, of ammonia a day. Hopefully we'll spend some of his money coming up with the first version that uh, would be put in boxes and, uh, and shipped to, to, to Africa ultimately. Obviously, you, you're not government funded. You're not private industry funded. How can people learn more about it? And I'm sure you'd be happy to accept donations and contributions to, to get... Uh... Oh, yeah, I, I, I've spent a, a, a significant part of my, my <laughs> retirement funds and also part of my children's inheritance. Right. And in, two, in 2017, I, I established a charity. And if, if people are interested in finding out more, first they, they go to the website that you mentioned. And within that website, there's some information where if people want to donate money to support the operation and maintenance and enhancements, they can dedicate it by going to the website. And, and, and that website, again, is solarhydrogensystem.com. That's right. Solarhydrogensystem.com. Jay, I wish we had a lot more time to talk to you. You certainly, uh, uh, there's certainly a lot to learn. And uh, it's at, when Alice and I visited the facility, uh, which is outside of Blairstown, Iowa, by the way, uh, just absolutely uh, fascinating. And uh, we well, it certainly was. We thank you for your your time in showing it to us and your your time today. After Alice and I toured your facility, we said to each other, we've met a visionary, and uh, we're absolutely uh, serious about that. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Absolutely. Again, Jay Schmucker, and his website is solarhydrogensystem.com. Uh, take a, visit that, that website. It's absolutely fascinating. You're going to learn a lot about what may very well be the future of agriculture. traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind, a journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Well, welcome back. And you know what that music means? News of the weird. Pretend it's 2589 B.C., the Egyptians are building the Giza pyramids. You are immortal. You have zero dollars. You, de you decide to save $10,000 every day, never spending a cent. 4,609 years later, it's 2020. By that time, you would have saved $16.8 billion dollars. And at that point, there, there are 120 people worth more than you. Really? Yeah. D despite all, <laughs> dis despite your spending, despite your, your saving for 4,609 years, 
you're only the 121st <laughs> richest person in the world. How about that? Wow. Yeah, I read somewhere that if Bill Gates saw a $100 bill on the sidewalk <laughs> and he stopped to pick it up, he'd lose money because his he makes you know a gazillion dollars a minute as it is. And didn't you just bend over yesterday to pick up a penny? I did. <laughs> tells, you what, tells you what my time is worth. I did. And I told you the old thing about find a penny, pick it up all the day, you'll have good luck. So, remember that? You no, I didn't. You never I didn't that remember that. Okay. okay. Uh, latest data from the FBI says that three and a half times as many people were stabbed to death last year then were killed with all kinds of rifles combined. Okay? Let me say that again. Three and a half times as many people were stabbed to death last year than were killed with any kind of rifle, whether it's a bolt action, lever action, pump action, breech, whatever. And that includes semi-automatics, uh, which the left often classifies as assault weapons. They made that up. There's no such thing. Uh, there are assault rifles, which are military grade. You can't buy them as a civilian. Uh, so there's no such thing as an assault weapon. Uh, but that number includes semi-automatic rifles. 400 Last year, 454 people were shot and killed with rifles, while 1,732 were stabbed or hacked to, de- <laughs> hacked to death Enough. with knives, what they call knives or cutting instruments. The previous year, over four times as many people were stabbed to death than were killed with any kind of rifle. Uh, and uh, the previous year, over five times as many people were stabbed to death with knives or cutting instruments as were killed with rifles of any kind. So it's it's all hypocrisy. It's all lies. Uh, right. You know, all, all the left just lies with uh, with impunity. Did you ever get into a discussion with a, a leftist? And I, I try to avoid that. Well, yeah, I, I've got I've gotten <laughs> to the point where I try to avoid it. Although I, I you know, sometimes you can't. And I've noticed more and more. And you'll you'll see this whether it's personal with you talking to someone or you see it online, a discussion online. More often than not, if the conservative makes a an argument and says, "Well, the data shows this, and here's the reason I believe that, and this and that," the leftists always come back with personal attacks. They don't try to refute your facts. That's a good point. You're a racist. You know. Point. You know. You're a misogynist. You're a homophobe. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, and they come, they, they don't want to engage you on the facts. They want to call you names. Like, like call, calling Larry Elder a white supremacist <laughs> when, when he was running for governor yeah. of California. The black man. He's a, he's a black man. Black man running, conservative black man running for governor of California. And he's, the LA Times said he was a white supremacist. Yeah. How uh, does that work? Well, well that's because the, the left hates, um, conservative blacks. Oh, for sure. For sure. They're not really black. Yeah, exactly. Remember Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for me, you're black, you ain't black. Oh, good point. I forgot about that. But yeah. You're you're defined not by your your race, but by your politics. Uh, Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, you know, like the phrase black lives matter. Now, that's not racist. But the phrase all lives matter, that's racist, even though all lives includes black lives. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's total hypocrisy on the left. At 9.48 on Saturday morning. Bill and Allison and Carol with you.
We've got, oh, we've got so much to talk about. I don't know where to begin or where to start next. The uh, University of California at Berkeley. Oh, can you imagine what life is like there? <laughs> says that it's racist to have uh, single-family home neighborhoods. Single-family-owned neighborhoods are racist. Wow. Because most people who live in what they say, quote, single-family homes nestled in hilly woodlands populated by affluent, mostly white families. So that's racist. Even though nobody has prevented anybody from any other race to buy a house. (laughs) You know, that hasn't happened since, what, quite quite a number of years. Uh, But, you know, that's, it's racist to to have single-family home neighborhoods. What the administration is doing, uh, they have a plan and they're putting it into effect to put low-income housing uh, in every suburb of the country. Uh, because obviously suburbs are racist, and uh, can't you can't be racist uh, if you're if you're black, but only if you're a left wing black person, you cannot be racist. But uh, if you're Larry Elder, you're a white supremacist. Exactly. Nine forty nine, Saturday morning. Bill and Allison and Carol. Uh, Hillcountrypatriot.com. That's correct too. That's correct too. And and also we we have a new um, website. Where oh, you can hear yeah. our podcasts yeah. after after our broadcasts, mm-hmm. uh, you can you can go online firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. and we we did not make up that name that was made up made up <laughs> no, by the by the station yeah. by the guys here at the station. Yeah, we appreciate that very much. But you can you can go online uh, anytime and listen to to our shows. Yeah, absolutely. I have an interesting quote. You know, we talked uh, earlier about uh, how rifles, uh, I mean, excuse me, gun, uh, knives and cutting instruments kill a lot more people than uh, rifles do. We are almost to the end of the line. We're Bill and Allison and Carol, and we have a new website, Allison. You want to mention that? We do. It's firstcoupleoftexasradio.com, where you can listen to our podcasts exactly. of our back shows and we're here every saturday morning at nine on your radio on online at hillcountrypatriot.com uh bill and allison and carol we're sometimes wrong but we're always right and we like to end with proverbs three five to six trust in the lord with all your heart lean not into your own understanding but acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths you've been listening to the bill and allison mincaro show heard each saturday nine to ten a.m on the Hill Country Patriot.